We are sponsored by Raise Energy, powered by the enhanced refresh technology. Raise Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink that aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can of Raise Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option. You should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Raise Energy. If you want to get yourself a can of Raise Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com. Use my promo code HPP1000, HPP1000 at checkout, and you will receive a generous discount. How you doing? Doing good. How you doing? You know, I'm not doing too good, but hey, that's what these podcasts are for. Um, I uh, I appreciate you coming on here for me. Yeah, no problem, man. How you doing? I'm all, and I and I do apologize for that slight microphone screw up. I don't know what happened on my end. It was just boom. I got all these errors, and I was like, oh crap. Here we go. Great way to start a podcast. Oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So um, I was talking to your uh, manager. I know you're a little short on time. So what do you say we just jump into this thing? I usually do a little chit-chat here and there. But uh, since you're so short on time, let's just jump into this thing. Sounds good. So the one thing that everybody, obviously, they do research, knows you're from, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, um, is you're the grandson of Waylon and Jesse Coulter. Yes, sir. I know you probably get a lot of questions about that. So what are some of the most asked questions about, you know, your grandfather and grandma? Uh, you know, pretty much all the, all the things, you know. How was it like growing up with your grandmother and grandfather? What's it like being a Jennings and carrying on a legacy? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's all great. I mean, it's been awesome my whole life. Which I think you described that growing up in the Jennings family was just was it was normal other than traveling and playing music with your grandpa. It was just a normal life with normal people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, my grandfather was like a big kid. You know, my grandmother's the sweetest lady you ever met in your life. So, hmm. yeah, it was a, it was always good to see him. You know, I wanna um, I wanna play this real quick. So I had one of my good friends, Andy Griggs. I had him on the podcast a while back and he was talking about your uh, grandpa Waylon and I want to play this and I want to see if maybe he has the right interpretation of, uh, of what your grandpa was like. Is that cool? Okay. Uh, one time I was in his house writing and he got so upset, but he had this big window was in his living room. 
Can you hear that okay? Yeah. Okay. Living room, and you could see they had a guard gate, a guard post, but there was never a guard in that post, and the gate was always open. Well, a touristy bus, Nashville tours, several times a day would full of people would come and park right by his driveway and people would step out and take pictures of his house and Waylon hated that. He felt like that was an invasion of his privacy. And Waylon was going arr, 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 just to complain and you know. So he goes, oh, you know what, I bet they wouldn't like it if I got in their faces taking pictures. So Jesse had two, Jesse Coulter had two um, disposable cameras. Waylon and I jumped in his Cadillac and went and chased down this bus and was blinking at him. And Waylon, I said, Waylon, you're going to get us killed. Waylon went around him and parked right on Franklin Road and uh, made that bus stop. And we jumped up on the bus and Waylon started going down the aisle of this bus, taking pictures of him, flashing. <laughs> well, he thought he was to giving them a lesson. All he was doing was making making their day. So, <laughs> what... so does that sound like your grandpa at all? Something he would do? <laughs> That's the first time I've heard of that, I reckon. But uh, <laughs> he had many different ways about him, I reckon. Yeah, you know, I am uh, I am uh, somewhat friends with uh, your uncle Shooter, and that guy. He because I was actually. I don't know if I was texting with him or we were DMing, but we were trying to catch up and that this is how I actually heard of you way was, was shooter. And he was like, Hey, look, I got a nephew that's doing these things. And I got other family members that are doing this thing, but this guy right here is going to be the real deal. And I was like, okay, cool. And it was happy to be you. And then I listened to a um, uh, gypsy soul, which I really did enjoy and I got you on. And so so Gypsy Soul, it, it, tell me if I got this right. The song, it's kind of about leaving, being young and dumb and doing a lot of stupid things. Pretty much, yeah. It's about, you know, when I first started my career, I'd go from town to town. I never really stopped, right? And I'd meet women and, and friends, for that matter, around the country. And I'd always have to leave, you know what I mean? So I wrote the song Gypsy Soul. That was back in my wilder days, I reckon. <laughs> so. And you, and I wonder. So, I wonder if my uh, uh, my research does me well. So, you were on stage with Waylon a time or two, and then you just forgot about it. You got nervous. You got a regular job. Forgot about music altogether. Your mother gets sick, and she says, "Hey, Way, do me a favor, do something with music, please." And that's kind of how it happens. Exactly yep, that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, I was working on a cotton farm out in West Texas uh, for about 10 years. And uh, my uncle put on these shows out there, uh, Wayland Fest out there. And in between the two Wayland Fests that we did, three Wayland Fests we did, my mom got sick. And she asked me to do something with music. And uh, that's what I did. I went out and booked a few shows and I never went back. <laughs> I just kept doing it. And of what I've noticed is you don't really play guitar a lot. You just kind of sit back and sing and let other people play the guitar. Is that because you don't really have the rhythm of playing guitar and singing at the same time? Or is it just, you know, guitar is not really my thing? Well, I love playing guitar. I just can't play and sing at the same time. I guess the whole thing is I put everything I had into singing, you know what I mean? And uh, by the time I learned how to play guitar, 
I noticed when I was trying to play guitar and sing, it was taken away from my singing, you know, because I was trying to pay attention to playing guitar and singing. And it's hard enough just to remember the damn lyrics. <laughs> so so it, I just figured I'd just be a front man, you know. It's kind of, right. It's kind of like a, you know, because I can't really, I, I took guitar lessons a while, a long time ago, and I was <clears throat> like eight or nine. And still to this day, I'll look at these, guys that's on there and they're they're lead guitar and lead singer and they're just going at it while they're singing and i'm like there is no way i personally would be able to remember muscle memory remember where i have to come in at the song remember the lyrics that i have to sing and all that together put on a good show it would be a cluster f if i were to do that yeah i mean if i put enough practice into it and tried hard enough i'm sure i can make it happen but you know, I'm just, I like singing a lot. And I like, I like being, interacting with the fans and all that stuff. I like interacting with the band on stage. And, you know, I like what I'm doing at the moment. So I just keep doing what I'm doing, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking at some of your interviews recently, which you did a couple of days ago. And I didn't know this, that man, you're what, 18 months sober now? Yeah, I'm 18 months sober, yeah. Congratulations to yeah, that, dude. Oh, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, when COVID hit, uh, it just stopped me dead in my tracks. I had this cycle going in my life where I would put on shows and I'd just blow the money and then put on shows and then blow the money and put on shows and just pretty much save enough money for gas to get to the next show, you know. And then COVID hit and I just kept the cycle going and then I realized I was broke, you know, and... I didn't really have nowhere to go because I didn't spend my money on trying to have a home or do anything good with my life, you know. Mm -hmm. So under the advice of my manager and my wife, and she was my fiance at the time, but they said I probably need to go get some help. So that's what I did. I took myself and checked myself into a rehab. Spent 27 days. I learned more in 27 days about drugs than I learned in 27 years of doing them. And uh, while I was in there, I found God. I've always been a spiritual person, but I found God really hard and heavy while I was in there. And uh, he's been with me through it all, you know, through the hard times, through the good times, and through getting myself back together. And since since I've been sober, I've gotten married. I've bought a house. I've had a, I got a newborn baby. I got my son living with me now. I've had my daughter all summer. And uh, it's just been a great, you know, life ain't been nothing but good since then. So I'm going to keep up with it. <laughs> But, and I don't want to get too personal, but do you think that life was already good, but you just let the bad things get in the way? Definitely. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I'd like to blame it on the music business, man, but I can't because yeah. I was doing drugs and alcohol way before I even started doing you know, music. You know? It, it reminds me of like a, um, I think Slash from Guns N' Roses has said it best. And maybe, you know, the quote, he was like, you know, when we started, we were just dwindling in drugs and being a band but at the end of it we were a band that was all over on drugs you know they were drug addicts dwindling music and you know it it's crazy yeah it is really crazy i mean i've always put everything i had in the music you know and uh i got a new album coming out and it's kind of a mixture of songs i wrote before i got sober and songs i wrote after i got sober and uh it pays homage to god it pays homage to everything that i've done to the whole thing you know what i mean i'm not gonna say it's a spiritual album but it's got some spiritual aspects to it it's got um 
some good decisions I've made. It's got some bad decisions I've made. It's got heartache. It's got love. It's got pretty much every aspect of life in this album, and I'm very proud of it. And I can't wait for it to come out. And, um, you know, I got a lot of regrets in my life, but I'm also very grateful for being able to still make it through it and be able to be who I am today. I'm a good father. I'm a good husband. I'm a good performer and good songwriter. And I'm proud of myself. I mean, I was ashamed about a lot of things in my life, but for the first time in my life, I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of what I've overcome. I'm proud of what I'm doing with my life. And I'm happy to be a good father and husband and uh, still be able to do this for a living, you know? Personally, can you tell the difference between songwriting when you weren't sober versus when you were sober or when you are sober now? Oh, yeah, like hugely. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, when I, I had this thing about me that I had no fear before, you know I mean? When I was all, all hopped up on drugs and alcohol and all that, I'd go out on stage and I'd just make up lyrics, you know what I mean? And sometimes it would be awful. Sometimes it would be amazing, you know what I mean? But I would do it like almost every night. I'd just make up lyrics on stage. And, but now I just, I can't let myself do that because I didn't have no fear of making myself look like I don't know if I can cuss on here, but yeah, like you say whatever ass, you, you know? say, whatever you want. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, I understand because I've talked to a lot of people that have had, you know, drug addictions that were also in the music business. And they were like, once you're just kind of drugs and alcohol and whatever your, your, your obsession is takes over, it's kind of like, it doesn't matter what else is there. It's like, you're now in the shadow of, you're no longer in your body. It's kind of like an out of the body experience where the, it's now it's just a drugs talking. I've had a lot of people say exactly. that. You, you, you have no fear. <laughs> I mean, you have no fear of messing up and falling on your face. You have no fear of anything. And then when you do fall on your face, you forget about it like that because you're like on top of the world. You're on cloud nine. Nothing can stop you. But then I got sober and I look back at some of the videos and some of the crazy stuff I was doing and how I looked and and I'm just like, I spent a lot of damn years making an ass of myself and not even realizing it, you know what I mean? Because I was just, I had this picture of who I was in my mind and I thought that was what everybody else was seeing, but it wasn't what everybody else was seeing. I'm just lucky that everybody didn't just turn their backs on me, really, because I deserve, I would have deserved it at that point in my life, you know? I wasn't, I wasn't a good person. I was worried about getting high and having a good time and that's it, you know? I mean, I put everything I had into my music. I love my music and I love my fans and I love my life, but I wasn't no kind of father. I wasn't no kind of person that you would want to be in a relationship with. I was just, I had a, a moral defect at that point in my life, you know what I mean? But I feel like I got my morals back in check and I feel good about it. I have a good wife who loves me and I love her with all my heart. I got my family who loves me and everybody. And I'm just glad everybody forgave me for being absent for so long. You know what I mean? Dude, how long but, did it, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Huh? I say, you know, life has a way of just uh, showing you yourself, man. I mean, and you can either look at yourself and go dig a hole and jump in it, or you can look at yourself and correct what you know needs to be corrected and change your life from that point forward. I mean, that's why I believe in God so much because he gives you second chances, you know what I mean? And uh, 
that's what he did. He gave me a second chance, and I'm not gonna screw it up. I've been, I've been completely family oriented. I've been completely music oriented, and uh, and that's it. I mean, I still play in bars, and I still play these festivals and stuff. But used to after my show, I'd stay in the bar, I'd get all tore up, and hang out with everybody, and just you know until the until I fell down, you know. But nowadays, I go, I do my meet and greet before my show. I put on a good show for everybody. I shake everybody's hands. I sign all my autographs and I be very respectful to everybody. And because I'm very grateful for everybody who comes out to my shows. But once all the all the fog clears and all that stuff and everybody goes back to partying, I disappear because I don't want to be around the party anymore. You know, I've spent my years partying and I'm done partying. I just want to be a good father and a good husband and uh, do the right thing these days. And it feels good. It feels a lot better waking up with a clear mind and not going, what the hell did I do last night? You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and been I, so many of them, you know what I mean? You know how many times I've woke up going, ah, oh, man. <laughs> because everybody can say you don't remember, but you do. <laughs> you just don't want to, you know? You know, it's it's crazy because it's like, and, and I think you could agree and, and say this as well. It's like, you lived your whole life high on everything else, but now you can finally sit down and realize, hey, it's okay to be high on life and family as well. It just brings you so much, so much joy, and it brings you so much a different culture that you probably didn't know you had at one point. Because, like you mentioned, you, you've been on, you know, you were addicted to everything, alcohol, drugs, since you were a teenager, late teens. And it's just, mm. you know, and I've never done anything, but I could just imagine being addicted to something for so long. And then after however many years, you're just like, you know what? I have to quit this and how hard it probably is to quit it. Actually, it was easier than you thought, than you think, man. I mean, okay. my grandfather said it best when he, when he was describing his cocaine addiction. He said he, was, he got high one time and he spent however long chasing that same high that he, he could never find, you know what I mean? Cause you're never going to get that first high back. You know, mm -hmm. it always turns out you start, you do something and it feels amazing and you want to feel that way again, you know, but you're never going to feel that way again. And then you get to a point in your life where you're doing it just to feel normal, you know, because if you don't do it, you can't get out of bed and you know, you're hurting and all this other goofy stuff. But I tell you, as soon as I went to rehab and I surrounded myself with other people trying to get better, and people who was, who was the counselors and stuff who had been through it too. And I started reading the literature on it and I started figuring out what, what I'd been doing wrong and all this. I've not had no urges ever since I quit. You know what I mean? I've had no urges. I don't want none of that no more. I mean, at all. I mean, I saved so much money now. I mean, you, believe, you would not believe <laughs> I was spending on just dumb ass shit. You know, it was just, it's just insane. I look back and I've, I've been able to buy a house. I buy me a new vehicle, buy two, buy a new band vehicle, buy my son a vehicle, finna buy my daughter a big vehicle. And I ain't making no more money than I used to. I just ain't blowing it all on drugs and alcohol and all this other crazy stuff, you know? It's just, life has a way of showing you if you do right and you do good things and you, and you, and you live your life without regret, you know what I mean? Because it, for so many years, I woke up every morning with regrets of yesterday, you know? Mm -hmm. Now I wake up kind of happy, kind of proud of myself. I wake up 
We read the Bible every morning. We pray every morning. And then we go about our days. I mean, we're not holy rolling Bible thumpers, but we do believe in God. And we do believe without his guidance, we won't make it through the day, you know. We won't make it through the day happy anyways, you know. And uh, I just feel an awesome sense of self-love these days. And I, I don't ever want to lose that. So I'm not going back. <laughs> you know, yeah. it keeps me strong. It keeps me spiritually sound. It keeps me strong. I mean, it keeps me able to live my life. You know, I know if I go back and I start doing drugs again or I start drinking again, I'm going to let my family down. I'm going to let myself down. I'm going to let all my fans down. I'm going to let everybody down. And I don't, I'm not trying to let, let nobody down. I spent a lot of years letting everybody down. And nowadays, I'm going up, man. I'm just, I feel good about the way, where I'm at right now. I mean, even if I never get a number one hit record or if I never do anything, anything right now where I'm at right now is a, a super big achievement. You know what I mean? I feel like I finally got a hold on my life. I've got a great family. I've got great friends. I've got great fans. I've got great everything. And if I could just stay where I'm at right now, I have a happy life until the day I die, you know. How long did it take for you to grow that massive goatee you got going on? Oh, a lot of years, man. A lot of years. <laughs> Believe it or not, I never shaved it. <laughs> I mean, just ever since I was young, I've started growing this little weird mustache when I was a young kid. And then I had a few little sprouts right here. <laughs> and then it just grew out on the front of my chin. These these hairs right here, it got thicker over through the years, but it just started out. I looked like a catfish. <laughs> right. <laughs> and these little but then it just started all growing in. But a friend of mine told me here not long ago, he said, the key to growing a beard is you don't look at it, you don't touch it, and you don't talk to it. And that's what I've been doing. I've just been letting it go, see what happens. I don't know of anybody that talks to a beard. I mean, that may be a... <laughs> <laughs> that might be an up there thing, but I don't know. I've never heard of anybody doing that. That's what that's what they said, and I've been following their advice, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just letting it go. Do you put any kind of products in it, or you just kind of let it go? You you comb it at all or anything? I wash it and shampoo it and what? condition it. <laughs> I got some beard oil up there. Matter of fact, my wife just ordered me this beard kit. Uh-huh. It's got like vitamins and all this stuff because. I messed up. What I did was I started growing this right here first. And then I started growing this in right here and I was shaving this right here. Uh-huh. And then it only grew underneath my jawline. So now I'm trying to grow this in to match this. And it's just, don't even get me started on my beard, man. It's been a whole <laughs> rigmarole, man. Ain't no- <laughs> take, this, take this from somebody that can't grow a beard. It'll grow here. And it, it patches down here. So, hey, I, I'll respect anybody that can grow anything that I can't. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. So yeah. you've, met, you've mentioned a time or two that your favorite show happens to be Dukes of Hazard, And I'm curious, oh, yeah. did you watch Dukes of Hazard because, you know, your grandpa sang the theme song? Or was it just you kind of came upon it and then realized he sang it? Well, uh, I've always known he sang the, the theme song okay. to it, but I started watching it when I was young because my daddy used to watch it and my mom uh-huh. used to watch it. And uh, I just liked the show. It was an awesome show, you know. I had a, My first crush ever was Daisy Duke, you know. 
I thought she was beautiful. And uh, I just liked the music on it. I liked the people on it. And then when I grew up, I got to know the people on it. And they're all good folks, you know. They're catching a lot of flack right now because of the rebel flag. But yeah, I know. There ain't never been nothing hateful on that show. Look, you can watch any episode yeah. of that show. And there has never been one hateful word spoken, you know. I mean, I don't understand it, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah, I mean. I understand it. I understand on both sides. I don't want to get political, but I understand why people are mad. I understand why, because I also looked at it and I said, look, this is a show from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Who cares what happened in the past that we can't fix? We can't go in there, you know what I mean, and take it out. I mean, you probably could, but what good would that do? I mean, why would you want to? I mean... <laughs> I, yes, right. I mean, the whole thing is, is that you can't erase history. I mean, if you, you can erase history all you want to, and it still ain't going, all that's going to do is open it up. You got to learn from your mistakes, man. That's what it is. Life yeah. has to learn from its mistakes. And if you take away the knowledge of the mistakes, then how the hell are you going, anybody going to learn anything? You know what I mean? The, the world is what it is. The world has its history. You can't erase history. You know what I mean? There's good and bad on any situation, and you can't just say, I'm blaming it all on this. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. This ain't never going to work out that way. I mean, there's a lot of good people from the South. You know what I mean? A lot of good people. I mean, I'm from the South. Look at me. I'm awesome. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. the thing is, that was a good show. It's still a good show. And the people that were involved with it, they're all good I mean, Ben Jones is one of the nicest, most gracious people I've ever met in my life. 100%. I can back that up because um, he released an autobiography years ago, years ago. I was little. I was still in school. And he came to my little town in Mississippi here, little town. And he went, it was like, it was right there by, by the park. And he came and he was signing autographs. That is the most genuine, humble awesome guy i've ever met that is because at that point i had i had not met any kind of quote-unquote celebrity you want to say but i just remember meeting that guy and being like wow that's kind of who you want to be like just because you have money just because you had a successful life doesn't mean you're better than that person that has to live on the street because they just weren't as blessed as you were exactly i mean that's the truth right there people are people you know and that's the way Ben Jones has always been. He treats everybody with respect and love. I mean, he was, he was a congressman. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, he's a great dude. I mean, he's always been great. Out there in Luray, Virginia, at his uh, at Cooter's place out there, he shows up every weekend and puts on shows for, his, for the people who come to his place. He shakes everybody's hands, takes pictures with everybody. He's just a very loving individual. And he's, he's got a lot of good ideas and a, lot of, and a great heart. Him and his wife, Almer, they're, they're the two of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. They've been really there for me, and they've been really there for a lot of people, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, playing his birthday party coming up at the end of the month out there in Luray. And I think it's the third time I've done that, and it's going to be awesome. It's on August 28th. If you're around Luray, Virginia, on August 28th, then come on out to Cooter's place for the big old birthday bash. It's cool. I, I didn't know they had one in Virginia. I've been to the one in uh, Pigeon Forge. I think that's where, where the one in Tennessee's at. I've been to that one a couple of times. It, it's a pretty cool place. 
They got they got three of them actually. There's one in Nashville. There's one in uh, Pigeon. Is it Pigeon Forge or is, uh, Gatlinburg? Right something Pigeon like Forge. that. Something like that. Yeah. And then they got one in Laredo, Virginia. Yeah. Cool man. So as we kind of wind down here, because uh, you only have a few minutes left, um, all that time, I appreciate you you having this time with me. Um, I just want to do something that is called rapid question, rapid answer. So I just want to come and ask questions that come to my mind, and you give me the first answer you think of to that question. All right, just don't get me caught up. <laughs> <laughs> One album to listen to for the rest of your life. You're stranded on an island, and there's one CD player. You get to bring one album from any time period in your life. What's that album you're bringing? Uh, Honky Tonk Heroes, Waylon Jennings. Who who do you look at not as a hero, but as someone that is like, wow, that guy, that 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 person is completely awesome to me, and that's kind of what I want to strive not to be like, but strive to aim towards. Jamie Johnson. That guy's a badass. He was there for a second in the in the airplay and nation, and then he just kind of dropped down. But he is still doing big numbers and crowds, being <laughs> being he's independent. Awesome I like the way he did things, man. I mean, he's awesome. He's got. I like the way he writes. I like the way he performs. And I just I like him as a person. He's a good guy. First time I ever met him, he walked up and said, "Who the hell is this guy telling everybody he's Waylon Jennings?" <laughs> I said, I didn't say I'm Wade Jennings. I said, I'm Wade Jennings. He said, oh, want a beer? <laughs> now, 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 I don't think I've ever heard you ask this, but is Way your, your is, is that a real name for you? Or is that just like your stage name? That's my real name, yeah. Obviously. You think I'd use that for a stage name? W-H-E-Y? See, but that was my thing. It's I have appreciation for you. Because you're not afraid to use the Jennings name. Not not saying that anybody that's a, that's that's an ancestor of a famous person that doesn't use a name, but you're just like you know, and shooter as well. They're just like you know what, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna have my real name out there, and you know, it's it's like like, and I don't want to keep going back to shooter, but he kind of drove me to where it was like you know what, it's cool to have that name because he released um, the Gunslinger. And I thought that was for a while. I thought that was the coolest shit I've ever heard in my life. I was like, he an outlaw. He's a motherfucking gunslinger, and you better believe it. <laughs> it was just like, you know, you can have that Jennings name or that famous name and still be your own self. And I appreciate you that you, that you do that you kept it. Well, definitely, man. I'm proud of my heritage, man. I'm proud of my grandfather. I'm proud of my I'm proud of my great grandfather and my great great grandfather. The Jennings family, we're very proud of who we are. You know what I mean? And that's just something you know, nobody will ever take away from me, man. I am Wade Jennings. That's who I am. What is one food or just something that you have to have in your house at all times that you're just kind of addicted steak. to at this point? Steak. Steak. What kind of steak do you like? You like a ribeye? You like a New York strip? I like a filet. I just like filets. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> now, now, do, do you cook a steak on a grill or do you kind of cook it in a, a cast iron skillet and then, then continue it off in the oven? Grill. Gotcha. You're grill, probably, I got my own little recipe. I 
Yeah, yeah, you're probably one of them manly men that's like, you know what? I eat my steak. I throw it on a grill for two seconds each side, then I eat that bastard. Well, a little bit longer than that, but pretty close. (laughs) (laughs) What is the one word of advice that you got early on from anybody that just stuck with you and you still live through that today? One word of advice? Uh, Be yourself and realize when yourself is wrong. You know, uh, best thing you can do to be good to anybody else is be good to yourself. That's that's pretty much the only thing I can say, really. What's one question you know without a doubt you're going to get whenever you're doing an interview of any kind? What's one question? What's it like being Waylon Jennings' grandson? <laughs> okay. What's one question or topic that you never, ever get in an interview that you're like i wish this person would have talked to me about this today uh i guess i don't know really i mean i answer questions as they come at me i don't really think about anything anybody wants me to what i want somebody to ask me i want somebody to ask me what they want to know the answer to honestly so i mean that's all i can say about that one you know do you believe that there is or ever has been a Bigfoot? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, Probably. I'm sure there has been, but I don't think there's a Bigfoot, no. <laughs> what about aliens? What are your thoughts on aliens? Netflix just, just released this fascinating documentary about aliens, and I'm all over it. Um. I don't know. I think we're all aliens, really. (laughs) You want to know the truth. Probably. Favorite, if you had to pick between these three bands, who would you stick with? You got Kiss, you've got Aerosmith, and you've got Led Zeppelin. Uh, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Favorite Led Zeppelin song? Ah, shit. You got me on that one. I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, uh, I know. Uh, uh, Cashmere. Favorite song you have ever recorded? Uh, Lead Me Home. Well, there you have it. Way, I really do appreciate you doing this for me. You can go follow Way Jennings at Way Jennings Official. All that, and I'm going to play his, um, I think your manager said you had a new song she was going to send me, and I'm going to play that at the beginning of the podcast. So I really do appreciate your time. I know it was short, uh, but I hope you had a great time doing it. I know it wasn't the best podcast. I know it was everywhere, but. <laughs> no, it's a great podcast, man. I had a good time. Thanks, dude. And um, um, have a good one. I'm going to put it up uh, this Monday because you gave a date of the 28th. So I'm going to go ahead and put it up um, this this Monday. And then I'm going to, I'll tag you on everything and all that. And um, yeah, that's it. So you know what's up. But I appreciate you doing this, dude. All right. No problem, brother. Appreciate you having me. Yep. Have a good one. You too.
You know, Dano Seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all-natural low-sodium seasoning products on the market. Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium, which is only 50 milligrams per serving. It has all natural unrefined sea salt. There's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals, and it's completely gluten-free. Also, there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades. You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to danosseasoning.com, use my promo code HODGEPODGE, capital H and a capital P in HODGEPODGE. Guys, remember to do that. Um, just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot chipotle right now today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. We are sponsored by Ray's Energy. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Ray's Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink that aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can of Raise Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option. You should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Raise Energy. If you want to get yourself a can of Ray's Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com. Use my promo code HPP1000, HPP1000 at checkout, and you will receive a generous discount. (laughs) 